You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Today, as Pastor Tim said, um, I was on staff at LifePoint Church in Adelaide in South Australia. Does anyone know Pastor David Hall? Uh, a few yeah. people know Pastor David Hall. He was my senior pastor for many years and I've moved back. I, I lived in Geelong growing up and all my family lived over there. So I moved back there uh, this year and I'm part of Numa Church in Melbourne with Pastor Corey Turner, if anyone knows him. And just over the last two months, we have seen God just break out in our church in revival, Legit- revival has been breaking out in our church and I know revival can be a bit of a buzzword sometimes I was saying to the young adults last night sometimes people say you know our church is in revival and it's you know like one person with a a guitar up on stage can like sings like they're drowning a cat in water or something like that and there's someone waving a flag and they call that revival and you're just like that's not really revival um But we are really seeing revival break out at our church in Numa Church. We've seen hundreds of miracles take place over the last two months. We've seen seven people verifiably healed of cancer. Can we give God the shout of praise for that? Uh, We've seen... Um, another lady in our church she has had scoliosis since she was a kid her spine was in an S shape like this and her neck was three centimeters off center she got prayed for in our revival meetings and as she went to the doctors and had all the scans done they said we can't explain this but your spine is perfectly straight and your neck is no longer off center yeah come on Jesus we had another um, person in our church he's one of our ushers and he was blind in his left eye and uh, he's had his optic nerve removed because his eye was sort of flickering and something like that and so he got prayed for and he was like I can see out of my left eye I can see out of my left eye and so Pastor Corey got him up on stage and he's like well let's test this like we want this to be legit and we completely covered his right eye and everybody was there as he's reading out the Bible with his left eye completely totally healed God did a creative miracle yeah can we give it up for the Lord and uh, it's just powerful what we're seeing God do Lots of people getting uh, healed, but also lots of people getting saved. And it just feels like the harvest is ripe. And uh, I went to my dentist. My dentist is in Geelong, which is about an hour and a half away from our Melbourne city campus where I go to church. And so I went to my dentist in Geelong, an hour and a half away, and my dentist was asking me about my PhD. I'm doing my PhD in theology, and so he's just asking me some questions about that. What are you doing um, in in your PhD? And so I'm sitting in the chair, and I'm like, trying to answer all these questions about God and theology and all of this sort of stuff. And he keeps asking me questions, and so towards the end of the session with him, he just said, so where do you go to church? And I said, I go to church at Numa Church in Richmond. Um, And he said, no way. I was walking past that church on Sunday. I went to get a sandwich from Bridge Road and I walked past that church and I looked in the doors and I was wondering what's going on. Do you think that's a coincidence? And I was like, no, I don't think that's a coincidence. And he he just said to me, can I come to church with you? I was like, absolutely, you can come to church with me. He lives like a a suburb away in Melbourne, which is crazy because we were an hour and a half away in Geelong at the dental surgery. He came along to church. He's been absolutely radically transformed by God. God's showed up in his life. He'll be in services just weeping under the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? And uh, God is just moving in such a powerful way. And how many know God doesn't just want to do that in one church. God wants to do that in every church. God wants revival. 
to break out all across Australia. And I've heard reports of churches all over Australia where God is doing the same sort of thing. And my prayer today is that God would stir something up in us, that God would light a fire in us to take revival into our community, into Ipswich, and see God move in a powerful way. Uh, So I'd love to share a word with you this morning from Luke chapter 10. Verse 38, Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Uh, It's just the word that I feel like God's put on my heart for this season for the church at large. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. I'd love to share a message this morning entitled, All You Need to Know. All You Need to Know. So at, at this passage of scripture, we sort of find Mary and Martha at their home, they're friends with Jesus. Jesus always pops in, he always visits their house. He's friends with Mary, Martha and their brother Lazarus and he comes over all the time. He hangs out with them as he's passing through the town. He goes and he hangs out at their house. It seems that Jesus loves the pop-in, right? Does anyone like the pop-in? You like to just bounce in on your friends and their friends are like, oh my gosh, I've got to get all the house clean and, and it's just a frantic sort of chaotic time when people just pop into your house. Well, Jesus loved the pop-in too. So he pops into Mary and Martha's house that day and we see that Martha was not ready. It's her house, but she was not ready for Jesus to arrive on the scene that day. She didn't know that Jesus was coming. She didn't know he was going to be there. And so she is frantic. She gets up, she goes to the kitchen. She's organising it all. Jesus and his entourage is there, all the disciples, everybody's arrived with Jesus. And so she's like, oh my goodness, someone needs to make the food, right? Someone needs to make all the kebabs and the rice and the shawarma or whatever they're eating that day. And so she gets her apron on, she gets in the kitchen, she's a boss lady, she's going to make it happen. She wasn't ready for it, but she's going to make it happen. And she goes to the kitchen, she's making the food for Jesus and his entourage. But she sort of gets a little bit upset. She's like, wait a minute, I'm out here slaving away in the kitchen and my sister Mary, classic Mary, is not helping. Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus, just taking it all in while I'm out here in the kitchen, just trying to make everything work for everyone. And so Martha ends up going into the living room with Jesus and with Mary. And she looks at Jesus and she says, Jesus, don't you care that my sister is not helping me, that I'm doing all of this work by myself? Don't you care? that she's not helping me, tell her to come and help me. She starts telling Jesus what to do. She tells Jesus to, cu- to tell his, her sister to come and help her. And as she's looking at Jesus, Jesus looks back into her eyes and he says, Martha, Martha, you're distracted by so many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that one thing. 
Jesus has this mic drop moment in this passage of Scripture. This mic drop moment where he looks into the eyes of Martha. She's distracted by so many things. She's doubting his character. She doesn't know that he cares for her. She's working hard. She's doing the grind and nothing seems to be working. Jesus looks in her eyes and he says, Martha, all you need to know is that all you need to do is get in the presence of Jesus. All you need to know is that all you need to do is start in my presence. You see, I believe in in this passage of Scripture that Jesus was inviting Martha into a new way of living, a new way of working, a new way of ministering. He was inviting Martha into a whole new supernatural lifestyle. See, because if you're a bit like me, maybe you're reading this passage of Scripture and you're like, Well, okay, if Martha had started in the presence of Jesus and if she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, then who would have made all the food? Like, where are the kebabs and the shawarma going to come from? She can't order Uber Eats back in Israel 2,000 years ago. There's no Uber Eats. There's no Deliveroo or whatever you guys have here. She can't order the food from outside. Someone is going to have to look after everybody. Somebody is going to have to do the catering. As I was reading this a couple months ago and I was thinking about that, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, like, I don't understand. Like, who would have made the food? Like, somebody's got to look after this situation. Somebody's going to look after the house and it's Martha's house. Like, she's got to look after everybody. She's supposed to be the one who makes all the food. And as I was reading it, the Lord just spoke to me and he said, Layla, have you ever considered that I'm in the catering business? Have you ever considered that only one chapter earlier, I fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread? Have you ever considered that if Martha had just sat at my feet, if she had started by prioritising my presence, who knows what miracle could have taken place in her life that day? Who knows what miracle could have broken forth in her house and been recorded in Scripture? Do you know what, church? I believe that this is what God wants to speak to us as a church at large. I believe God is inviting us into a new way of living and ministering and acting and being. I believe that he's saying, I want you to start by prioritizing my presence. I want you to start by getting hungry for more of me and encounter with me for my presence to come and dwell with you. And as you do, as you sit at my feet, I'm going to send you out and let you carry the miraculous and the supernatural power of God to go forth and change the world around you. I believe that God wants to move in a mighty way in Australia. I believe that he wants miracles to break forth through our churches. And I believe that it starts with people who get hungry for the presence of God, who get hungry to prioritise him, not to go out and do our own work on our own strength and just to go out and do whatever we think in our own ability, but to start in his presence, to start at his feet, to be filled up and say, not Jesus, you need to do this, not to direct Jesus, but to to start in the presence of Jesus and say, Jesus, what would you have us do? Jesus, where are you sending us to? What do you want to do through our lives? I want to look today just at four ways that we can prioritise the presence of Jesus in our lives. Four ways we can prioritise the presence of Jesus in our lives and four lessons that we learn in Martha's living room. The first way that we prioritise the presence of God is we make room for prayer. 
make room for prayer. We need to begin with spiritual preparations instead of beginning with natural preparations. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I love this story about a preacher named Warren Wearsby. He was a pastor of uh, Moody um, Chapel or Church in Chicago. And he went to see uh, John Wesley's house museum in London. And he was taking a tour of this house. And as he's taking a tour of the house, John Wesley is a a world-famous revivalist who is known for bringing revival to London. That revival saw hundreds of thousands of people saved and changed and transformed. And then that revival carried on to America. It's since become the Methodist movement. John Wesley was a very famous revivalist. And so Warren Wearsby, this preacher, goes to his museum. He goes to this house of John Wesley in London. And as he goes to the house... He's sort of having a look around the house. He's looking at the different rooms. He's looking at his kitchen. He's looking at his bedroom. And as he goes through the bedroom, he sees that there's a little room that's adjacent to the bedroom. And in this room that's adjacent to the bedroom, there's just a table, a chair. There's a candlestick on the table. There's an open Bible. And he looks at this sort of room and he sees that this was the place where John Wesley would spend hours in the morning in prayer. He would get on his knees before God and he would cry out for revival in his land. Uh, These guys, these great awakening sort of revivalists in this time, if you read the revival stories, if you read about what happened to them, people were so against their message. England was so terrible at that time that people would literally get dead cats, pieces of dead cat, and throw it at them as they were preaching. It was just such a depraved area. It was crazy. And God brought revival through Wesley as he got on his knees and he prayed. And so as Warren Wearsby is in the uh, prayer room, as he's in this room just adjacent to Wesley's bedroom, he sort of looks in the room and he gets in the room and he's looking around. And the tour guide walks in and says to Warren Wearsby, this preacher, the tour guide says, Oh, sir, you must know that this little room was the powerhouse of the Methodist revival. This little room was the powerhouse of the Methodist revival. Do you know what, church? I believe that God is stirring us up, the people of God in Australia, to pray so that when we see the miraculous, the signs and wonders, the things that God wants to do in our generation, the revival that God wants to sweep across our land, as we are telling those stories in the future, I believe that those stories could be traced back to those little rooms in our houses, those little rooms in this church where the intercessors meet during the week and they pray and they get on their knees before God and say, God, bring revival. I believe that God wants to stir us up to be the powerhouses and to create room to be the powerhouses of the revival that God wants to bring in this generation. I love what uh, W.S. Bowd said about prayer. He said, prayer is weakness leaning on omnipotence. Prayer is weakness leaning on omnipotence. When we begin to pray, we begin to access the full power and strength of God in our circumstances and situations. The second way that we prioritise the presence of God is we make room for the Word of God. We make room for the Word of God. We need to begin with His voice instead of beginning with the world's noise. 
Hebrews chapter 14 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. When we make room for the word of God, we make room for God to speak to us and through us into the world around us. As we speak into the world around us, as we speak the words of God, the word of God has prophetic, creative power. And so even though the circumstances and situations might not line up with the word of God, as we start to speak and prophesy and declare the word of God, those things begin to come into line with what God wants to do and what he wants to say. As we prioritize the word of God, I believe that revival comes. Charles Spurgeon said this, if we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the Word of God. I love what Tony Evans said as well about the voice of God. He said, the Bible is the voice of God in print. When we make room for the Word of God, we make room for revival. The, three, the third way that we prioritise the presence of God and make room for, for God to move is we make room for worship. We need to begin with worship instead of beginning with worry. We see that Martha, she began with worry and she ended up just confused about the character of God, about the love of God for her. She began with worry and because she began with worry, everything was burdensome and overwhelming to her. But if she had begun with worship, God could have moved in her life in a powerful way. Psalm 100 verse 1 to 5 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and give praise to His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. I don't know if you've ever tried on someone else's glasses, if they had a really thick prescription and you just like, it's really strong and you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? As soon as you put them on, it's like crazy. It's like your whole perspective changes. You can't move the same. You can't walk the same. It just changes everything as you put on these glasses. Do you know what? In the same way, When we worship God, we are putting on God's lenses and God's frames in our circumstances and situations. He exchanges our perspective for His perspective. We start to see our world through His eyes. We start to see our circumstances and situations, our challenges through His eyes. And as we do, it changes the way we walk. It changes the way we move. It changes the way that we operate because all of a sudden we have His perspective. We need to exchange worry uh, for worship. We need to begin with worship. And the fourth and final way, maybe if the worship team could join us, the fourth and final way that we prioritise the presence of God in our lives is we make room for faith. We make room for faith. We need to begin with faith instead of beginning with frustration. Martha began with frustration. I don't know about you, but I know it's so easy to begin with frustration in our challenges and circumstances. After many years of COVID, who even knows? Who's even keeping track anymore of how many years COVID's gone on? And it's been crazy in Melbourne. You know, things have gone down. And uh, it's so easy to begin with frustration about where the world's at and where our lives are at, where, where our challenges are at. But God is saying to us today, I believe God is calling the church 
not to begin with frustration, but to begin with faith, to begin in His presence and say, God, what do you want to do in my life, in my community? What do you want to do in our church, God? What do you want to do here? We're going to begin with faith and not frustration. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. I love this story about a man named Charles Blondin. He was a tightrope walker who walked um, across Niagara Falls from um, 160 feet above the falls. And he, he did it several times back and forth. I think there's a documentary or a movie that's been made about him. And in the summer of 1859, he would go from one side to the other, just performing these incredible feats. And people would watch this guy, Charles Blondin, as he would begin to walk on the tightrope and just do all of these incredible things. He apparently got on stilts one time and he was on the stilts and he was walking across the tightrope. Another time he takes a wheelbarrow and he gets the wheelbarrow and he takes it across the tightrope from one side to the other. And apparently there was a crowd who began to congregate around this tightrope and they're looking up and they're watching Charles Blondin do these incredible feats. And so he yells out to the crowd, who believes that I can carry this wheelbarrow across this tightrope to the other side? Now they've just seen him do it. So they're like, of course, yes, we believe it. You can do it, yes. And he's like, okay, who wants to jump in the wheelbarrow with me? Nothing, tumbleweeds, crickets. Not one person was willing to jump in the wheelbarrow. Not one person had the faith to put action to their belief. Do you know what church I believe today? That is God is telling us to start with faith instead of frustration. I believe that Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to jump in the wheelbarrow with me. I want you to surrender totally to me. I want you to follow my leading. I want you to trust me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to talk with me. I want you to come with me into the miraculous life that I've called you to live. Every single person in this room was born for so much more than just living an average mediocre life like the people around us who don't know Jesus Christ. When we get born again, we are born into a supernatural life. Lifestyle. We are born to see the miraculous flow through us. God has called us and anointed us to do something incredible in the world around us so that people might come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Do you know what? My life was changed by people just like you in a church just like this. My entire life was changed. When I was five years old, I had grown up in a Muslim family. And so my dad was from Iran and he had grown up in Islam and my mum is Irish Catholic she grew up Irish and she is still Irish very thick Irish accent and she converted to Islam to marry my dad in England when uh, I was born so I'd grown up in this Muslim family and so when I was five years old we were living in New Zealand and my auntie came to New Zealand to live with us we didn't know at the time but she was actually schizophrenic and so our house was quite chaotic. It was pretty crazy. Uh, we didn't know what was going on. My mum had three kids under the age of five. And so it was just hectic. She couldn't handle it anymore. And she said to my dad, hey, if you don't get rid of your sister, if you don't get rid of my auntie, she's like, 
uh, I'm going to take the kids and I'm going to go. This is just too hectic, too dangerous. My auntie would be threatening with knives and threatening to kill my dad and stuff like that. It just was not the right environment for kids. And so my dad was sort of at a, a place where he's like, I don't know what, what I can do. I can't kick her out on the streets. What am I supposed to do? And so one day my mum just took my brother and my sister and I and we went and we lived in a women's shelter. We were living in this women's shelter for a number of months and as we were living there, some of my friends from primary school, from the school that I was at, uh, actually went to a church just like this, a Pentecostal church in Palmerston, North New Zealand. And some of the parents of my friends went to a life group at this church and they started praying for my family. They saw the situation that we were in and they got together and they started to make room for a miracle in our lives by praying for us. They started to intercede for us. We would go over to their houses and they would show the love of Jesus to us. We had a neighbour who lived down the road who came from that exact same church from New Life Church and she reached out to my mum one day and she said to my mum, hey, I know your life looks like it's a mess right now. I know everything seems to be falling apart. But if you would just surrender your life to Jesus, if you would just give everything to Him, I believe that God can make something beautiful out of this mess. I believe that God can turn your circumstance and situation around. And something of the power of the Holy Spirit came and hit my mom in that moment. And she said to this lady, okay, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. With tears streaming down her face, she gave her life to Jesus. This lady and her husband ended up baptising my mum in their bathtub and it was pretty crazy, pretty unconventional. And so mum gets radically saved. I mean radically saved. I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight in our night service. She would play Benny Hinn tapes on repeat all day, every day in our house. Benny Hinn tapes, radical uh, conversion to Christianity, the power of God, just so enamoured with Jesus. She starts going along to this church with this lady and her husband. And my dad, she moves back in with my dad. And my dad, just to keep my mum happy, was like, yes, I'll go along to church with you. You know, I believe in Abraham. I believe in Moses. Like, same, same, but different, you know, Muslim and Christianity. And so my dad starts going along to church as well. And as he's sitting in church, he's sort of towards the back. And he's just observing everything that's going on. And this Pentecostal church was on fire for God. This Pentecostal church was praying for people and seeing God move in a powerful way, preaching the gospel everywhere that they went. And they would get people to testify to what God had done in their lives uh, on stage. And people were talking about how the Holy Spirit had healed them and how the Holy Spirit had broken addictions off their lives. And God had just done the miraculous in people's lives. And so my dad had heard about these different Bible characters like Moses and Abraham and different people like that. But he never heard about the Holy Spirit. And so because he never heard about the Holy Spirit, he's like, what's this Holy Spirit that everybody's talking about? Um, I'm going to do an experiment. He's a scientist, a professor of robotic engineering. So he was like, I'm going to do an experiment on the Holy Spirit. And so he's lying in bed one night and he said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then show me. And as he's lying in bed, the Holy Spirit just comes upon him in a powerful way. It was like the wind of God, this is how he describes it, just started to blow all over his body. And being the scientist that he is, he's like, what a coincidence that that has happened. What a coincidence that, you know, there's this wind. And he gets up and he goes to the, the curtains and 
the windows and tries to see if there's anything sort of that would make that wind sort of happen and he couldn't find anything open so he was sort of confused he goes back to bed he's like what's this all about then all of a sudden as he's lying back in bed it happens another time this time he's sort of like okay this is weird there's something going on here like this is confusing this is concerning I'm not sure what is happening here then one more time he feels the power of the Holy Spirit just blowing all over his body more intense and more powerful than before and he hears the voice of God speaking to him saying I want to show you that I'm real I want to show you that this is real and so my dad from that moment on he became a Christian he got baptized at my church in New Zealand his life was completely changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and I've been able to grow up in the blessing of growing up in church ever since I was about five or six years old. Do you know what? The things that we do on a regular basis, pray for our friends in our life groups, share the gospel with neighbours who live down our street. The things that we do on a regular basis are not, not just normal things that have no effect. They are supernatural things that can change the eternal destiny and trajectory of people's lives. So can we stand to our feet this morning? I just believe that God is calling us as a church. He's stirring us up to prioritise the presence of God, to say, God, I want to prioritise your presence. So I am encountering you. So I'm full of your fire to go out and make room for prayer and worship and the Word and faith and see you move in my life in a powerful way, to see you break out in the supernatural and the miraculous in and through my life so that lives will be changed. And if you're in this room today and you'd say, I just want a fresh encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the fire of God to come upon me so I could go out and change the lives of the people around me. Can you just lift up your hands to God right now? We're just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and move in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving in this church. We thank you, Lord, that now is the time for Ipswich, God, to see your kingdom come and your will be done. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called this time for such, this church for such a time as this, God. You have called us and anointed us and appointed us to go out and do the work of God in this place. And so, God, right now I pray that as we make room for your presence, as we make room for your spirit to move in us, to move through us, God, I pray that we would start to see the miraculous hand of God start to move in Ipswich. God, I thank you even right now in this room, there are people who are being stirred up to go out and to influence the school community. There are high schools, there are primary schools that are desperately in need of the Word of God, of people who carry the presence and the power of God. God, thank you for stirring people up to carry your presence into those places. Holy Spirit, I thank you even right now. You're putting, you're putting an anointing on people to go beyond this city. You're putting an anointing on people to go to the outermost parts of the earth. People who are called to missions. Is there anyone in this room today? You feel like God is calling you to missions. You feel like God's calling you to other places in the world. Yeah, just give me a wave. Awesome, awesome, awesome. God, I just pray for these people who are lifting their hands up right now. God, let the fire of God fall upon them right now, Lord God. Send them out, God, across the world. Let them see you break out in the miraculous in these places. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing. Thank you for your calling. Thank you, Jesus, that you're sending them out. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we just lift up our hands to God right now? We're just going to make room, this song make room that the worship team sang so beautifully before. And I just believe that as we just wrap up this service, I'm going to hand back to the team here that every single one of us can come. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 